0: Good morning, friends and family. Good morning to our online family who's joined us this morning. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us this morning. Um, I sure hope that everyone had an incredible Thanksgiving. Uh, Some of us might still be in a little bit of a pie and turkey coma, you know, because there's all those good leftovers. But um, we just want to say thank you for joining us. My name is Dion. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, please join me in prayer. Father... It is the Christmas season, and I know that many of us are already incredibly busy and just in our lives and just with the thoughts of all the things that we want to accomplish during this time. But Lord, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you that we can still celebrate this time. Thank you that we get to be here. Um, I know from myself, Lord, that um, as we celebrated Thanksgiving and now we're rolling into Christmas, it's just one of those moments where... We have to just stop for a minute and understand that it is by your grace and mercy alone that we get to be here. That we have the privilege of being able to celebrate with our friends and our family when so many are struggling right now. And Lord, we ask for your comfort, your wisdom, and direction in healing on just so many who are struggling with illness. The loss of family members, just the challenges that our time brings. And may we keep our hearts and our minds focused on the celebration that is you and just your immense goodness. And so we thank you so much for that, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? Sorry, I had to get this thing. It gives me something to hide behind in case anybody throws something at me. It hasn't happened yet, but I am ready. Today, today could be the day. Oh man, this is exciting. This is great. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Did I already say that? I did. That was fun. I had such a fun week this week. And uh, and now I'm going to... I'm glad y'all are in a good mood because cause that makes this better in case I do something and I won't get anything thrown at. But I'm going to start. And I'm really excited because God makes such a big difference. We've been talking about the Spirit of God, the power that has in our lives, and the difference that makes. And I have, I just, I love it, and I dig it, because it's real, and it's powerful. It makes a difference. I, when I was 18, my mantra, not my mantra, but I, I made a declaration. I said, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have any kids. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be, nobody's going to depend on me, and I'm going to do whatever I want. I would. I was a selfish idiot, you know, and uh, not a lot has changed. But it, and so that, that guided and led my life. I, all the way to 23, I did whatever I wanted. And I loved to do a lot of things, and I went as hard as I could. There's a picture of me, a, that's, I think that's practice for a national competition, skydiving. and just, just I did whatever I wanted, and I loved it, and I had so much fun doing that. So I thought, but God... Makes a big difference, and things are very different now because of God. And so most of you know you were laughing because of it, because now my family looks like uh, different. Now I have a fa- that there it is spinning. That that actually is a pretty good example of what's going on in our house all the time. <laughs> it is fun though. Oh, it is so great. God makes a difference. There is no chance that 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 my self would end up right there without the power that comes from God. I, while I'm, I'm a little bit less selfish, I am still an idiot, but I love God a lot. And that might not be that impressive to you guys, and I, I understand that. Um, I'm just a big sissy. You know, I was doing whatever I wanted, having a lot of fun. And, uh, but somebody else also thinks God makes a big difference. So I would really like to open up with this video from a guy named Jeff Strucker. He was a he was an Army Ranger and he was heavily involved in the engagement in Somalia in 1993. They made a movie about this called Black Hawk Down. And he was he was on a team that was stationed they had four they had Humvees at four corners of the city during this operation and they were called to go in when things went they had to do a rescue. One of their guys was down, one of the guys who went in was down, so they went to go rescue him and on the way back things got just Things went crazy, and by a miracle, they made it back to base, and then his sergeant, or not his sergeant, his his boss says, hey, you got to go back out there. A helicopter went down. You guys got to go back out there, and so he talks. We're going to show a quick clip of him sharing a little bit about this story and the difference and the power of something different than he saw and the difference he saw that God makes, which is just really neat, so I'm going to stop talking, and we're going to watch this quick clip.
2: I backed out of there and I called the helicopter and said, I can't drive cooks and clerks through all of that. You need to find us another route. And he said, well, the only other route is for you to go all the way around the city and come in from the backside. I said, that's fine, we'll take it. As I was driving around, I linked up with about half of the assault force. They were on Humvees, completely destroyed, shot up. There were bodies, literally dead bodies, hanging off the sides. So we stopped this convoy loaded all these guys up onto our Humvees and I drove them back to our base. And I thought we had everybody. When I got back, my boss said, no, that's only half of the assault force. The other half is still out there and they're fighting for their lives. But we realized that those Humvees wouldn't be good enough. So we asked the United Nations to help out. The Pakistanis showed up with two of their tanks. The Malaysians came with their armored personnel carriers. They all met us at our base, and at about 11.30 that night, we drove back out there. Me and my men stayed on those Humvees until about 9.30 the next morning when the rest of the assault force could be loaded onto those vehicles and driven back to safety. Now folks, what I saw the next morning changed my life forever. In fact, I would still be a sergeant in the Ranger Regiment today if it wasn't for what I saw the morning after the firefight. When I got back in the next morning, it wasn't really the blood and the bullet holes that had an impact on me. I'd seen that stuff before. But when I got back in the next morning, there were men, grown men, some of the toughest warriors on planet Earth who were walking up to me with tears in their eyes saying, Jeff, I got to talk to you. They said, what happened to my best friend who just died last night? Jeff, what happens to me if I get on a helicopter or a Humvee tomorrow and I don't make it home? And almost all of them were saying, Jeff, there was something different about you last night than there was about me, and I want to know what it was. And for the next 24 hours, I had guys lined up to ask me about Jesus Christ because they could see the difference that he makes when you're getting shot at. Folks, let me tell you something, I really, really wanted to transform the world, and I thought you could do it through military prowess, I thought you could do it through national power, but I realized something in Mogadishu, Somalia, there is only one force great enough to transform the world, and it is the Holy Spirit of the living God through the, through God's Son, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And a, a part that, that you you've got to watch the whole video. It is powerful. The before they went out on those missions all night, he had just come back and, and having lost one of his men and just a, a horrendous deal, he, he knew he had to go back out. And and he he dropped to his knees. He said, God, what, what do I do? He prayed an earnest prayer of, of you, your power, your life, not mine. And, and then he went out and you saw the power and the difference. They saw the power and the difference that it makes. He, he initially, as he started, he went in to be an army ranger. He thought military prowess was how he changed the world. Because yes, he had a love for what is good, what is right for people, and he wanted to make a difference. He thought it was military prowess. I thought I could change the world by being awesome. So I did whatever I wanted, did my best to be awesome. But the problem for me, easy, and, and as he realized too that night before they went out on those missions, is I'm not awesome, he's not awesome, we're not awesome, but God is, which is why the Spirit of God is so powerful and so important for us to be aware of and, and why he makes it so clear to us that it's there. So he says, let the Spirit the Holy Spirit guide your lives, because that Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires, because we aren't awesome, (laughs) and as much as we want to make an impact, as much good as we want to do, we on ourselves will get in our own way and ruin that, And, and we all know that, we've all done that. Those men who were who were in that group with him, who were on those missions with him, he, he he grabbed cooks and clerks, he mentioned that because they grabbed everyone they could to go in and rescue these people because it was critical that they saved as many as they could. They recognized he was fighting with something different, not the spirit and the natural things that are from us and and so and w- and we can see the differences in the spirit of God versus the spirit of our, of our sinful nature. And I'm just, we've been going through this. I know this isn't new to you guys as y'all been going through this with us. So I'll just focus on three that are natural to us, that come from us. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, hostility, all versus gentleness. Today we're doing gentleness. And I started with Black Hawk Down. How about that? Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, hostility. Hostility, just to lay them out a little bit and and compare them with with gentleness as we understand it. Hostility, you, you come out, guns out. Nothing's happened yet, but you're mad, you're angry, you're ready to fight outbursts of anger that was one this one's pretty self-explanatory is, as you let it fly you know I, I'm sure you had a good reason I'm sure I had a good reason as I will often try to explain why I said what I said and why I did it the way I did it as Kelsey's saying that was maybe a little much but 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 outbursts of anger we, we know that one now selfish ambition this one's fun I think we, we started painting our house recently. Um, it was going to be, I had a great picture of how it was going to go. Uh, as you know now, I have four kids and a really amazing wife. And, um, and we started painting our house. I wanted the kids to help. We're painting the outside. I had, I had my vision for it. We're going to, we're all going to get up early. We're going to start at sunrise. The kids are going to help. They're going to do this and that while I do this. And we're going to put them on the scaffolding here and then on the ladder there. And then we can even put them on the roof maybe and they can just reach over and paint. This, this is going to go really good. They're capable. I know they'll be just fine. This is going to be fun. All right, guys, time to get up. Let's go. And I start driving and pushing them to do what I, what I see and what I know is the right thing to do. It's, It's hey don't don't paint that. Don't paint your face. Take (laughs) stop doing that. Step away from the paintbrush. You know, you start going down that and but but this has got to happen. We gotta make this happen. We've got today to do it. And Kelsey's like, maybe this is a little much. Don't tell me you think this is too much. This is a great idea. You guys see how the selfish ambition overran the gentleness and the desire to work with, to show to instruct, to teach our kids to paint, to let them be a part of painting the house, something that they would enjoy doing and, and teaching them hard work and just having fun together. Um, quantity of time is quality of time. Those things are great. But that's not, that was not what is natural to me. And we did get our act together, and it has been fun. And the house is still not painted, but we're getting there, and uh, it is fun. They, 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 they did. A, they're doing a great job. I did not put anybody on the roof or on a ladder um, when Kelsey wasn't looking. I did put one on the scaffolding, but um, <laughs> now thanks to you guys, she knows about it. Um, but so this, but. You see the difference naturally we are not gentle naturally we have outbursts of anger naturally we are driven by selfish ambition naturally there's hostility towards things that we don't like and that will will run it but God's spirit his spirit of gentleness it's it's not what we expect it's you, we we hear gentleness and we think weak we think not powerful not capable not able to manipulate and handle a situation but But let's look at this and dive in because gentleness is one of the hardest to understand and also one of the hardest to to live out in our lives, which is why it's a fruit of the Spirit of God, I think, because it's a big deal with big power behind it. Power, that's what we expect from God. Yes, the Sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. Look, he brings his reward as he comes. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. All right, power, here we go. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with her young. You see that while he has great power, he is gently leading, gently holding a sheep close to his arms. This is not what I think we naturally think of when we think of God, is gentleness. My favorite analogy with this one, a lot of things popped into my head, but I like to think about holding a baby and fighting a lion, holding a newborn baby and fighting a lion. Those newborn babies, they they come out and they're tiny, they're fragile, but you're using your great power to protect this baby, to fight this lion, and you're going to take some hits. Jesus took a pretty good hit, didn't he? And, And so I think about this real power, yet this gentleness with us desire to protect us, to show us, to bring us along that God starts to demonstrate. First, his real power in his creation, the real power that Jesus showed when Jesus was here, when he lived here with us, he showed his real power. One night they were on a boat going across a a big, huge lake called a sea, and and a storm came up. The disciples, they thought they were going to die. They woke Jesus up. Jesus, wake up, wake up, we're going to die. Why don't you care that we're going to die? And he's like, what? Why are you guys freaking out? Be still. What he said he said be quiet be still he demanded that the storm stop and it did and then the disciples were terrified of of this great power they didn't understand what was going on he just said silence be still we see that great power already you see if he didn't have great power he couldn't actually be gentle if somebody tells you to be gentle on the throttle with a 1986 van you're like, well, I don't have to be gentle. It's going to barely go no matter what. Now, if somebody gives you a Corvette with a 350 engine in it and says, be gentle on the throttle, you actually have to be gentle. I, my dad gave me one shot. <laughs> I did not last very long. So, and because God is giving us this spirit of power that has great power, great abilities, great things behind it, because he loves us, he is also giving us his gentleness with it. And so we get this, so here we are today to try to understand it. So I, I hope it's coming, making, I hope I'm making it clear that gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not an inability to affect or a fear of affecting or, or being able to impact a situation or impose on it. And it's not, gentleness isn't disengaging. Gentleness is, is, is very different from that. A similar word would be power under control, the ability to fight a lion and hold a baby. So it's best described as enrot, in intricately woven grace of the soul. Does that make sense? It's, it's hard. It's confusing. While you have this ability, this power, you aren't demanding that your way happens. You aren't making it so that what I want is going to be imposed on you no matter what. In rot, wrought iron, wrought iron is, is has the deal with kind of like pounding it in there, like, like forcing it in. In rot is intricately woven. So intricately woven, grace of the soul. I'm going to go with an example here. I have, you know this, four children. Number three, her name is Zoe, which means life. um, But I think it really means crazy. Um, (laughs) And so, (laughs) sorry. She wasn't allowed to sit down here today because I was worried I might say that. Um, Her older sister wasn't. Um, But the other day, we're like, Zoe, um, we're all going to go. She's excited to go. Okay, now put your shoes on. No. (laughs) Put your shoes on. No. Starts throwing herself on the ground. Won't get ready. Won't do anything. And I start getting really mad. And so I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm fine. Get in your room. Stay there. And you're there forever. And you're not going to go with us. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to, to make her suffer for what she's doing. But that's not gentleness. So gentleness instead. Well, why don't you want to go? Here, look. There's your shoes. Put your shoes on. And then here's the steps to go and continue to work with her, as she's telling me, no, I won't, ah, ah. I'm not exaggerating, um, and so, but the, the grace of, of, I could, of sure, I could close the door, and walk out on her, and abandon her, that would not be what we're talking about here in gentleness, instead, I continue to work with her, I'm not screaming at her, not forcing her to put her shoes on, so we can go, I am, Zoe, Zoe, so come on, let, let's do this. As she continues to whack me in the head with her with her words, so while I have the power and the ability as her parent to to give her whatever punishment I want, I can take dessert away from her. I can say, "All right, you're gonna wear um, you're gonna wear a burlap sack for a week. How do you like that?" You know. So it, as a parent, you have that power, that ability, but. But in your gentleness, you want to grow and encourage and help her see these things. God didn't threaten that storm with 50 spankings or with, with any sort of, sort of deal. He just said, be still, because he had that power and that ability, but he is not demanding. He demanded that the world be created. He demanded that the oceans come into existence. He demanded the sun, the moon, the stars, our earth, our solar system. He created us. He did not demand for Adam and Eve to obey him. In fact, he allowed them to reject him. He allows us to reject him. So instead of demanding his own way with us, he came as a man here on earth to, to show us, to walk with us, as we know now, to save us. And that was different. He showed us God's character fully manifested in a man, in a human being. And that was different for us. We didn't, we didn't know what to do with that. We didn't expect that because we expected coming with great power and, and just, and, and being, whoa, and look at that huge power and just wiping everyone out. We didn't expect the gentleness that Jesus showed. Somebody came up to Jesus and they're like, so are you the guy we're expecting? Are you the guy that's coming, or, sh- or should we should we be looking for another? And and he says. He says, tell them what you've heard and seen. The blind they see now. The lame, those who can't walk, they can walk now. The those with leprosy, with diseases, cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added. God blesses those who do not fall away because of me, because he's not there forcing them into obedience. He's gentle with them. He he came, and his power was clear, and it was evident, and what was he using his power to do? To preach to the poor, to preach to those who are powerless to enrich, to the poor, of course, literally the poor, the lowly, but also those who aren't able to enrich, those who aren't awesome like God is. He, he says, that's okay. I know you can't. I'm here to help you. I'm here to gently bring you along, even though you have rejected me, even though people are continuing to reject me. We know the, the ending of Jesus's life here on earth as a man So he did not demand that we follow him or even honor him as God. Instead of doing that, he gave up his divine privileges. He took that humble position as a slave and came and preached to the poor, healed those who nobody cared about. And when he appeared in human form, he then humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He did that and led it by example. As that shepherd would. As a shepherd who leads his sheep would. He did that for us. So, so our response as we start to respond to this. So get rid of all the filth. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the, the power to save your soul. So, it's, so we, this is where we start to follow him. Because remember he doesn't demand. He says if any of you would. If any of you would want to be my follower and he lays it out there here is the truth here's what must be done it's not your life your spirit your sinful nature you're not awesome but i am here to show you something different and i'm going to do it gently because he loves us he is humbly leading all of us with gentleness as a good shepherd would he tells us he says i am a good shepherd and a good shepherd will give up his life for his sheep. And he did it this way because we, we needed him to. We do need him to and he knew that. You know, if I know for a fact if I go into Zoe's room and scream at her and yell at her and tell her put her shoes on, she's not going to for one do it. And she's also not going to learn that like for, that there is a better way. Because I don't want to crush her into obedience. I want to teach her that, that in her joining in, even when she doesn't want to, there's great value in that. I want to teach her about growing up and being just like her mom. I want to do everything I can for her to learn the ways of the world. I don't want to crush her into obedience so that she can reject that when she gets older and do whatever she wants and then suffer those consequences. That would be... Not very gentle. And that also wouldn't be very effective. And so Jesus, he's done this this way. We need him to die for us. It wouldn't have worked any other way. He did it gently. And then the invitation. He says, come to me. Because I know it's crazy. I know it's hard. I know it's impossible. I know you're scared. But come to me. Everyone who is tired and carrying heavy burdens, I'll give you rest. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Let me guide you because I am gentle and lowly at heart. And, and you'll find rest for your souls. So Jesus came as a, a humble teacher, came down, brought it down to our level for us, and, and is now saying, take up my yoke. Walk like I'm walking in gentleness. Because he doesn't demand, he leads And he says, come along with me. And when we try to do these things, we are identifying ourselves with the life of Jesus Christ. And when we commit to them, we are committing to Jesus, who has the power to save our souls. So as we see the Spirit of God changing our lives and interacting and intertwining in our very nature... We are, we are jumping in to all of the good things, all of the great things, all of the power and the love, the joy, the peace, the differences it will make in our outward life, and we will be way more impactful as we put on our new nature, as we, as we start to, to have these things coming from our heart and coming out into our words and our actions of, of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow, what a benefit that is to us. And as we have that peace from God, and as we pursue God through all of these things, how do we continue to pursue God? Our tendency might be, to, as we try to reject and throw out the things that aren't like this, to start to reject people. And to start trying to crush anybody or anything that has something different that isn't like this. This isn't any good, for one, because we still carry these things that aren't like that spirit we still have outbursts of anger. We still have selfish ambition. We still screw it up, and so do others. So if we have no gentleness, no grace towards them, as Jesus continually has towards us, we're not actually following Jesus. Because this great power that he, exp- he, he used, he displays, and then the gentleness he displays with us, we, jump in, we get to jump in with that also. Because yes, God is working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We are going to have these we have these like this guidance from God, and we're so excited to do it and 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 fulfill it. And you see this everywhere at work, in your home, in any sort of ministry you might be involved in, or just anything you're doing, any sports teams, games, whatever, it's there and you're excited to do it. But then we forget God's character where He says, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You see that the gentleness isn't so much about us as much as it's about how we use this power and, towards others and loving them and considering what they have and what they think, even though we, we know that it's not. We might know that it's not the right thing to do. We think it's wrong. We think it's going to mess stuff up. God knows some of the things that goes on in our house. and my mind, isn't the right way to do it because I'm still, I'm still a little funny and being changed every day. It's not a light switch. It's not a light switch at all. It starts. When I was, that picture that I had of me under that parachute, it had already started. I still had a lot of the ugly still there, but it had already started in my heart, and God was changing me, and it continues to do it, but I'm not there yet. So as we, as we get excited to pursue these things, we want to maintain a gentle attitude as, as God has given us these desires and this power to do these things and this wisdom that is from God. So we'll see things that aren't right with other people. We'll see things that aren't right at all. That's why Jesus died. So be humble, gentle, patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. This is, gentleness is the hardest thing. This has got to be one of the hardest ones to lay out. Because we see that there's full, the world is full of ugly. When we're gentle, we're showing that we trust God we're showing that we trust God in the midst of the crazy and the ugly. And and David knew this. He said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, even when it's super hard, I won't be afraid because God is close beside me. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. So as things get hard, as we get scared, we often want to go huddle and find our, our holy hole somewhere and stay there and just not look at the other stuff and just not have anything to do with it. David knew that God was doing what... He was giving him these desires and this power to do these things in the presence of God's enemies, of our enemies, of people doing things wrong. They're there. And, his, and the Lord will turn his face against those who do evil. So don't be worried or afraid of their threats. Instead, worship Christ as Lord of your life. And here's, this, is, this is great, guys. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. So as you are putting on the Spirit of God, as you are pursuing God and following Him in the presence of your enemies, always be ready to reach out to those enemies and in a gentle and respectful way. So as you reach out to them in a gentle, respectful way, you are putting yourself out there not only are you trying to die to yourself as you see these things that God says, this isn't like me, but now you also are stringing yourself out, not stringing yourself, laying yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable as you were gentle with someone instead of saying, no, this is the way you're going to do it. This is what's right. You're, you're now humbly presenting your request, presenting your, yourself so that other people can smack it back down. And you're staying engaged. You were continuing to help Zoe put her shoes on. You were continuing to lovingly say, well, if you don't do that, it's not going to work very well, and you're not going to get to go. You aren't checking out. You're continuing to take the hits. And the hits hurt sometimes, but this is hard. But always ready to share with everyone gently, because that's what Jesus has done. That's what he did. That great power here. He was a baby. Jesus came as a baby and, and then taught and did not go to kings and, and did not go to palaces, came to the poor. And think about how gentle he was with Peter. Peter did some crazy stuff and he was always just so great with that. So while, yeah, there is some really crazy and really ugly things going on in the world around us everywhere, it, the closer we are, To God. And when our desires are are not to crush these people, or not to be hostile towards these people, but to love God, obey God, and be gentle, but firm in the truth, then we start to know how to fight the fights that we are to fight, how to stand up for the things we are to stand up for, and then how to execute it gently. That Jeff Drucker, Jeff Strucker, and he was he was there you got to understand, I'm sure y'all see it, he was a Christian. He was a God-loving Christian. And he was there fighting for what he knew was right. And he was doing it in a way that was different. And And that difference is is what this gentleness is, is really about. And the men knew that. They recognized that. That's something really big. So, So I think we see it. And he didn't just disengage. He didn't say, well, I'm going to go stay on base and just hide and pray. He's, he's, he knew that he had a purpose, a desire and the power to do something sent by God. And he did it in a different way, humbly, gently, loving each other, loving others and ready to, to show the truth. And, and how that plays out in all of our lives is different, but we ought to do it fearfully as, as God is working in us these things and, and knowing that sometimes we're a little bit wrong. Further, submit to each other one another out of reverence, out of, out of reverence, out of fear, out of respect, out of awe for Christ. The awesome, the, the, I, that word should only be used when talking about God, I think. I use it way too much, but out of awe for how awesome, how great he is, and how unawesome we are. And so as we engage with God's leading, with gentleness, humbly, gentle, patiently, how do we go forward? A few examples, husbands and wives. <laughs> we're, we're equal. Husbands, wives, we're equal. W- wives are usually smarter, it seems. I don't, no matter how high your IQ is, your wife is smarter. Okay, just let's do that one. But we are equal. We are, so submit to each other. You know, I had uh, that guy under the parachute, you know, I, I think at that point I'd proposed to Kelsey because it was like, oh, we should be married. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> you know, was, uh, Okay, I had proposed to Kelsey at this point, and I had an idea. I had a picture of what marriage looked like in my brain. It was, it, and, and so as we got married, we started to work through it, and the hostility, the quarreling, the selfish ambition, all these things that were showing up and, and clearly weren't following the fruits of God. I was like, what are we doing wrong? And I started to understand the submission to Kelsey, my wife, this amazing lady, this person that, that God had literally just flung into my life. I mean, he, I don't know what he used, but he, like, a couple semi-trucks, and he threw us together um, and just collided us, and that was really neat what he's done with that. That was, wow, something. Anyway, and so as, I, as we would go through there, I would be going with my vision, my perp, my, what I had in sight for what a marriage would look like. Um, and I was wrong. And I would have to change that and start to submit and and start to see the, uh, hear what Kelsey had to say, actually hear what she had to say, actually want to know what she wants, actually desire to do it in a way that was pleasing to her, that changed that. And with the two of us submitting to each other, being gentle, because I have a lot of opinions, I have a lot of very good ideas, and some of them are good. Um, And so if I can gently present them to Kelsey... If I can gently present, hey, this is what I think we should do. Hey, I was really praying about this one. I really think this is the right way to do it. Do I just go wake her up? Hey, this is what we're doing. Or, or is it like, hey, this is, I, what do you think about this? Like, I actually want to know what you think about this. Because I, I want this to affect how we do it, what you think, what you say. I want to proceed here. Here's the passion desire I have. What do you think? Gently present it, request it. Gently go after it together. And as we do this together, we start to grow as one. We start to learn more about each other. And our lives really do become one life. That's, that's something. So at work, and the, the Bible talks about slaves. It talks about masters. It talks about workers. It talks about bosses. If you're leading at work, how do you lead gently? Because as a leader, you have a vision. You know what needs to be done. So how do you do this gently? You've been given power how do you do it gently? Well, what did Jesus do? He loved us. He loves us. He was here and guides us and he gives us stuff to do that we're not qualified to do. We, we all know this. We're all hoping and that nobody realizes that there's, I shouldn't be in the job that I have. You shouldn't be letting me do this. I really like this, but it, we, but anyway, so as we're leading other people, do we do it to try to serve them? How do you serve someone you're leading? You hear what they want to do, what they're good at. You give them tasks that if there's time, you know that won't be, it won't be done as fast as it could be done, but you know that they'll get it done Eventually. And you know they'll grow from it. And you'll know they enjoy it. And you want them to have a fulfilling career. You want them to feel as part of the team so you don't just run over them with your ideas. You discuss it with them. You hear their ideas. You let that affect. As you're a worker following someone, even if you don't agree with what your boss is doing, you gently, you work as hard as you can for what they want to do, not forcing and demanding what you know needs to happen because you're down here seeing it. Gently present those requests and see what that looks like. This is, these are huge lessons that I have learned at work and have made a huge, huge impact. As, a, as an engineer, as a researcher, as, a, as anything, as a, anything that I get to do and be a part of. And, and two more, parenting, and then as, as young kids growing up, parenting, they're not our kids. They're God's kids. So if you're like me, you've got to throw out what the vision you have for children. This is exactly what it's going to look like. They're going to always, they're never going to step out of line. They're never going to embarrass me. They've been taught right and they're always going to follow that. Just throw that out because otherwise that's going to force you to be harsh and yelling at them and angry at them because they're not doing it perfectly. And you know, they're following the example of their parents. So we don't do it perfectly either. So as we have that grace towards them of, I don't necessarily want you to fit my mold. I want you to to know God. I want to love you and serve you by being your parent. And sometimes, yes, that, that does require discipline. That does require a firm hand, a firm correction sometimes. Um, but out of love for them, out of a desire for them to know that this is is going to this is going to hurt you in life if your actions have consequences you want them to know this for their good fearfully before god would you treat someone else's kid the way you're treating your kid right now that's a fun one to ask and last one kids Younger kids, as you're growing up, I say younger kids, y'all aren't that much older than, or younger than me, but, uh, but teenagers, even 10-year-olds and 5-year-olds, a lot of times you're scared of what following the gospel is going to do in your life. You're scared that you won't have any friends. You'll, you're scared that you're going to be an outcast if you follow the gospel. If you're following the gospel, you are reaching out to people, loving them and showing them this power with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And that is something cool. That is something very cool. So as you gently go out to people, it's not like you're saying, here's my faith and you're leaving it. You're like, hey, here it is. And, and this is, can be for you. This is, this is something big. Even as they're hitting you in the head and telling you you're a big idiot, this has real power. Even though you walk through the darkest valley, he will give you a feast in front of your, in front of your enemies. So be ready to share, to love and encourage them. And just watch what happens. Because when God shows up, it's big. So I, I hope this has been helpful. Gentleness is, is not weak. Gentleness is not rolling over. Gentleness is power, great power given to us by God. And with that power comes God's gentleness, which is a, which is a, a, uh, it's not necessarily a submission to other people while we do do that, but it is a, a grace and a desire to love them. It is about us loving other people as Jesus loved us. About us not running over people to get what we want. Jesus, he did it for us. Now our gentleness is about others. So as we use these passions and these desires to, to try to affect, to try to engage while not being overbearing or demanding and being bold enough to pursue something we know we ought to do with all of our heart, but not letting that thing become more important than another person or, or God especially. We, we saw Strucker do that. He went with something different and he saw the power that that makes, the great power in striving to do what he knew he had to do out of love for others, and God, that's really neat. What does this gentleness look like in your life? I'm learning what it looks like in my life. And it, it's, not, it's not, oh, 30 minutes, learn gentleness, got it. No, it is, it is in rot, intricately woven. So it's got to be intricately woven in our lives as we pursue this spirit, as we learn to lean on God, to depend on God, to trust God, and, and to love God as he loves us we that's cool. Let's pray. Whew, heavenly, perfect, awesome Father, thank you that you're not like us. You're, you're better. You're awesome. <laughs> thank you for this time we've had from this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the announcements. Thank you for everyone here. This is such a treat. And thank you for changing our lives and bringing different wherever we are at. In the mundane, day-to-day work, home, school, or, or out doing just crazy things, wherever it be, may, may we be understanding how to intricately weave your love, your life into our lives <laughs> and seeing the difference that that makes. Thank you so, so much. Awesome and amazing God. Amen. All right, guys, what a pleasure. Thank you for coming. Happy Thanksgiving again.